Thank you for listening to the Axiom Podcast. We're also live streaming this. So thank you for if you're watching mom, dad, and uh, Pete Sampras. Uh, that'll, you'll understand why that's important later. Um, but excited to have our guest today, Steve Shenbaum. Steve uh, got the opportunity to know him from Game On Nation. He is the president there. And get to know him over the last uh, six or, or so weeks. And just, just happy to have you on the show today. So thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Devin. I'm glad, and I have to tell you, you're an encourager, but when I met you originally, before you joined the, the Executive Academy program, I like this, and he, Devin's not telling me to say this, this young man is a superstar, and uh, I'm really excited to share and listen and learn from you, and hopefully I'll share some things that the listeners can learn as well. So thanks, buddy. So yeah, let's let's start with just with like the background story cool. of Game On Nation, yeah, and tell me a little bit about that and how you got started. I appreciate it, and I'll be you know real clear. Like I'm not going to probably spend a ton of time on the backstory just because I, I I think people don't always want to hear everyone's backstory forever. But the the clear and concise way was I just uh, thought there was a better way to teach than just lecturing, and I I had a background in theater and improv, and when I was in improvisation, I. I saw it as a tool to teach and learn, really, as opposed to how to entertain, entertain people, you know. And so you do improv, and you're late at night in theaters, and you're trying to get jokes. And it's fine. I get it. There's a different atmosphere. People are drinking and having fun, and they're there to be entertained. So you kind of go down a road that will allow for quick laughter. So that oftentimes gets, you know, kind of dark blue theater, blue, blue comedy, they call it. I just wasn't into that. Mm-hmm. So I thought, all right, how can you take the same concept and use it in a more purified way? Not not to judge the entertainment value of improv and saying that's bad. It's just different. I wanted to use it as a tool. And one thing I realized when you taught improv uh, was people care about what you are doing more, I found. And they remember the message more because they're going through an experience. So started doing that in L.A. as an actor. I was teaching other actors how to audition well because I felt I was pretty good at auditioning. I wasn't a great actor. Most of my friends knew I wasn't, I don't know. Space Jam was, was well. Thank you. <laughs> made me cry. Yeah, no, it's a very emotional movie. No, it's not. Um, but and I wasn't. They didn't call me for Space Jam too. I think they lost my number. But um, definitely lost the, your number. The acting world. Uh, when I was in that world, I uh, I was auditioning really well, and my friends knew I wasn't really really committed and passionate about the art of acting. But they were intrigued by why I was working regularly, and so I started teaching audition workshops using improvisation as a tool. And then from there, athletes started to join my class. One particularly was Pete Sampras. And uh, if you follow you know, tennis in like the 90s and early 2000s, he was the number one tennis player in the world. And so when Pete, who's really kind of quiet, a little more in- introverted, uh, and I was a little more extroverted, even though we started realizing we had more in common than, than we thought, uh, he came to me and said, through a friend, I'd like to learn how to feel more confident communicating. And I thought, my goodness. So from there... It's always hard to tell the story and not and not be concise. From there, IMG Academy uh, found out about the work we were doing with Pete and some other athletes, and they asked if we could uh, offer that program for junior athletes in Bradenton. So that kind of brings me to where I live now and been yeah. here 18 years, met my wife on campus. We were at IMG from 03 to thir- 2013 using uh, our game dynamics and improv to teach leadership, communication, culture development, all starting with a tennis player who was deemed boring, which I find the entire irony of the story is Pete Sampras, if he's listening, I owe him a a, a debt of gratitude for having the courage to say, I want to improve and to do it using improvisation. So Mm, that's so good. So, yeah, I mean, that's just the idea that Pete Sam, he's not the only one like that. 
No. He's not the only individual who's reserved, but also in, a, in an extremely public and in the public eye. Yeah. And I think a lot of a lot of times just kind of tracking with that idea, we have professionals who in who are in their roles and they're not that out, outgoing personality. And I would say 95% of people probably aren't that personality who likes to stand up on stage and likes to present and and always feels confident as a leader. I would say most people don't. Totally. Right? And and so from that idea of, of a quiet guy who's saying, hey, I, I really want to get better right. uh, at communication, leadership, th- those kinds of things. Game on Nation formed. So, yeah. so and you mentioned the, the curriculum, and, and the curriculum is, has a heavy emphasis on improv and, and relies a lot on game theory. So I want to dig a little bit more into that and just go down that avenue of how does game theory play such a big role and, and why is, you know, you mentioned laughter and engagement yeah. is so important uh, to remembering what you experience. But go dig a little bit deeper into that and, and talk about talk more about game theory and, yeah. and how that influences what you do. Cool. So when Pete asked me, or actually told me, gave me his, my best testimonial without really asking for it, he said, I wish this program was offered when I was younger. I thought, wow, where are there young Pete Sampras's IMG Academy? But what I really was fascinated by was Pete, why? And he said, well, it's similar to athletic training. We're constantly moving, constantly being engaged, and constantly leveling up. So from that conversation, I started studying video games. And instead of looking at them as a deterrent, I looked at them as why are young people, why do we, why do adults play Farmville and and a Candy Crush and you know and why are young people at that time there was no like Fortnite but you know games like that and yeah. so I started studying what Pete shared with me about how it's similar improv is similar to the athletic training because you're moving you're experiencing and then also how these video games are captivating audiences so my my theory was if people can chase Pokemon's that don't exist I want to know not mock that. I want to know what's driving them and how can we use that in education so the message doesn't just uh, be cared for, but it's remembered in perpetuity. So that's kind of how the improv game dynamics together sort of got combined. And then we had 10 years at IMG Academy. You know, so you can tinker with things. And you know, we didn't, it's not like a, we didn't try stuff out that was wildly radical, but we were able to fine tune. You know, they say you get 10,000 hours is, is sort of one of the markers of mastery. I'm not sure if that's scientifically proven, but if the premise is true, we got like 30,000 hours in, in a decade at IMG to teach six classes a day, see what was working, see what young people and adults were responding to. Mm, that's great. It, so, Looking at the the process as a whole, the concept as a whole, yeah. what are the are there any like key markers and and what are some of like the the maybe buckets that you would categorize when you're engaging audiences when you're engaging leaders? Uh, I, I, the mile method, the, mm-hmm. the mile trademark is is kind of a big component of game on. Tell our listeners about that and, cool. the, and those individual components. Good tee up, thank you. <laughs> that helped me because I was like, where do I go yeah. here? You know, it's, it's, it's fascinating because when you're close to something, it's really hard sometimes to be like really clear and concise. And then the irony of being a communication company, the responsibility is to 
convey it clearly. So we studied video games like we talked about. And what we found was there was like 52 different dynamics involved in League of Legends. It was fascinating, you know, color and time and graphics and sound and competition and music and and just you started and, and, and score and uh, level ups and names. There's all these dynamics that drive us. Hmm. We decided to like study that and see what are the four dynamics that are driving our uh, curriculum. So I kind of reverse engineered it. Okay. And 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 actually, I'll, I'll be honest, the acronym right now is MILE. It's mystery. Mystery was a huge dynamic in improv. You bring someone up and you're like, hey, we're going we're gonna to do a role play. They're not sure where it's going. So there's a powerful dynamic of mystery, which is also in video games. You know, it's like, what's the next screen going to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, um, incentive is the I. And the incentive is we found that in every one of our exercises, there need to be a purpose. It had to be purposeful. It can't just be like, let's do a fun game with no reason behind it. And if you could have a reward, some kind of competition, some kind of win, that had a double element. So mystery, incentive. The laughter, actually, I originally wanted to call the acronym MIJE, M-I-J-E, but anyone out there who knows anything about marketing is like miles way better than MIJE. The, The J actually referred to joy. But Mige was like completely just just um, uh, voted against by the rest of my team. I can't understand why. <laughs> you know, shocking. I was like, why not Mige? Um, so we used the L was laughter. So laughter is a huge component. It's universal. It breaks through, I think, a lot of cultural dynamics, a lot of socioeconomic dynamics. So now you've got mystery, incentive, laughter, which we talk about laughing with, not at, which is a huge rule. Mm-hmm. And then the final, the E was empowerment. So those were the four dynamics that are in other video games that we found were really uh, present consistently in really all of our exercises. And when we thought an exercise, should it make it or not, we would put it through the mile score. And if it scored a four, mm-hmm. had mystery, incentive, laughter, and empowerment, we thought safe. If it had a three, we'd like to tinker with it, see if we can get to a four. If it had a two, chances are it's not going to be received well. If it has a one, it's going to do a ton of harm. Wow, that, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm really passionate about that yeah. if you have an improv or inner interactivity or engagement and let's let's just let's just score to one it's a zero on the mystery there's no mystery involved okay um there is an incentive let's say the one is the incentive there's a competition in that mm-hmm. okay but there's no mystery it's right to it there's an incentive the laughter is dangerous and shameful cool gotcha. so now you got a zero on the m you got a zero on the l and no one's feeling empowered uh, maybe there's like slime being dumped on someone that doesn't want slime to be dumped on them. Or there's physical interaction that's not a comfortable for the person's boundaries. You've got a one score. You've got the eyes is, is, is high. It's competition. There's no mystery. The laughter is shameful. And the em- empowerment actually doesn't exist. People are actually feeling shamed and they're laughing out of uncomfortableness. That's a score of a one. It's a really dangerous exercise. Yeah, you know, that makes – and I'm, I'm – fascinated like following that track down now is leaders obviously attend your your actually you work with businesses Mm -hmm. and you you run workshops to engage leaders and teach them leadership skills communication skills through the the game theory through the improv uh, the games that you play following that mile method like there's i'm I'm probably going way off track here but just the idea that when you go to work Every day, when these leaders go to work every day, how, the, like the the breath of fresh air, the the change that it is when they go to work every day, there's an incentive, right? Mm-hmm. I have to provide for my family. Maybe there's some internal incentive, intrinsic value of I feel called to this. I feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to do. But there's a no mystery. Maybe the laughter in the workplace isn't yeah. isn't very helpful. It's not 
for the other person. This is good. It's, it's, you're laughing at the other person. And then there's no empowerment. And just mm-hmm. seeing how there's maybe a correlation between a lack of those in the workplace where culture suffers. Yeah. So I don't I don't want to that's just a, a fascinating idea that I that, that just came to me. Well, you're not way off though. I mean, I'd stay on that for a second, Devin. You can mile a, a, an improv exercise. You can mile a presentation. You can mile your day. I mean, I don't want to sound too like cliche, but you said it. Hmm. Mile doesn't have to be like in an improv. That's just one way to purify an exercise to make sure no one's going to get harmed. But like if we just went for a second with where you're heading, um, yeah, I'd like to mile my day. I'd like to have some mystery involved, you know. Maybe when I'm driving my kids to school, what kind of music are we going to listen to? They can choose it. There's mystery. I have some incentive. I want to achieve some things today, like maybe return that email within 24 hours or remember someone's birthday. You know, there's some incentives. It could be monetary. It could be just relational. Mm-hmm. There's, I, I think there's lack of joy and laughter, especially as we go through sort of disconnection during pandemic. I think laughter is important in the workplace. And yeah, there's a way we can all feel a little bit more empowered and remember why we do what we do without, again, sounding like a uh, fortune cookie statement. Then, yeah, if we can mile our day, um, why not? Mm, that's so good. I love that. How, how's that practical for for business owners? A lot of our listeners, except mom and dad. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, they're, they're, they're business owners or they're leaders in business. Mm. How, how, what are some practical ways that they can start either engaging their employees with this right. or leveraging this to, to lead the teams that they're maybe in charge of? Like, how, how would you see that in, a, in, a, in the work environment and make that practical for, you know, you mentioned mystery and like driving on the way, driving mm-hmm. on the way to school or driving your kids to school. What other ways have you seen maybe businesses that you organizations that you've worked with incorporate this into operations or systems or yeah. processes? It's a great question. And, and I think one of the results of mile is you start to focus on not just good to know but you start to focus on what's good to do. So when you start to put a score to something, you start to put in actions that are attainable. So I'll give you an example, because we're not looking for companies to like embrace improvisation to start playing improv games. That's, that's not what we're about. Right. We're about trying to help improve culture and help improve communication and going from good to no good to do. So let's just say you're a company leader and you're like, okay, my goal is to um, mile my day. Well, eventually, look, we're dealing with smart people they're going to grow that and say, okay, well, how can I quantify that? So you can start to score your day and you can say, look, did I empower someone? And then what do I need to do to put that into action? I mean, my, our big goal is to not just lean on good to know. Like, I think we're all really well informed in the leadership and communication space. I don't think there's really any successful companies that are like, huh, <laughs> trust is important. Like, I didn't know that. And I don't mean to be snarky. No. Or communication's key. We all know that. I think we now need to go to, okay, how do we now take that information and put it into action? Mm. And I feel, and again, we're working on this, mile can be maybe a gateway for leaders to start to institute some things that are tangible and quantifiable in their workplace Mm. where everyone can uh, know the scoreboard, everyone can... um, be on the same page and it goes from this fictitious like everyone gets a badge you know to like let's use empowerment like empowerment in a company is um maybe it's just a rule we always honor and remember people's birthday or work anniversary you know yeah um 
empowerment when I sit with you in Axiom, Devin, is you gave me a survey before I joined this podcast. And the questions were favorite candy, water do you enjoy? And all of a sudden, there's a basket waiting for me as I enter this space. That's tangible. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so good. And and I love what going back to what you said about like moving from good to know to good, good to, to do. do. And I feel like maybe that's lost today. And in in like we live in the information age yeah. and it's there's so much information on the internet. But really what we're like that gets to the heart of is a lack of wisdom in the workplace. Like knowing information is is great. Yeah. But if you don't do anything with it, then you you lack the wisdom. So I agree. That's uh, I I love that and just all of the tangible ways that that now our our listeners can can go and and try to measure their day and look at the things that they're doing with their employees to incorporate some of that. Um, the mile method. Maybe maybe they use the mile method. Yeah. If they want to learn better, they should come to you. <laughs> um, You're a better marketer than I am. Thank you, Devin. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just uh, so cool. So I, that, that we kind of already answered the question, mm-hmm. but I, the, the next question was, why are these results so effective? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe answer that question and, and go deeper. You know, elaborate a little bit more. I think you've obviously talked about the fact that the mystery incentive, laughter, and empowerment create an engagement that it, it, that is different. Mm-hmm. And, and provides for that the growth that leaders desire, the comfort. But talk a little bit more about the why the results are so effective, if you can. Yeah, um, I think it it forces us to not just act authentic, but to be authentic. I think that's a big one um, because if you are miling your day and you're scoring, you're trying to go after a four, and you're using all those letters in a pure way not in a manipulative way. It kind of puts us all in a place to focus on connection and authenticity. Mm-hmm. But the second part is going back to what we were talking about. I think, and again, it's not foolproof. We're all in this together. Like if everyone's listening, like there's no perfect leadership communication platform. I mean, we are human. We're fault flawed. We're faulty. Mm-hmm. But um, I just had to preface that because I just, I think that's what's also jamming us up. It's like, I'm not a perfect leader. I've never met any. I'm not perfect. I, I, get fr- I got frustrated three hours ago. Um, but when you focus on that mile, uh, there's two other things that the outcomes, Devin. One is, I think it starts to create some universal language. I think that's huge in a company and a culture is we're not into building and developing and designing your culture in a company. We're there as almost like an activator to like sort of shake it up and to see what's working, what needs to drop and to motivate the team to then come up with a language that's universal. Mm. So that's key to be on a universal platform where everyone understands laugh with, not at. That's just the rule of our company. So if you don't join that, it almost feels loud and 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 it's very noticeable. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. That's huge. Like if your company can just check on each other and know that you just you're gonna remember people's birthdays, you are gonna honor people's schedule. We know there's a 55 minute rule. What's that? I'm just riffing here. But that means we don't do 60 minute calls. Why? Because if you have three in a row, no one's breathing. <laughs> but if you have a 55 minute rule or 52 minute rule, let's say 52, you do three 52s in a row, you've just allowed that person 21 minutes of breath. And I know this is, and the last thing is with Myler instituting quantifiable rules, we are focusing now on good to do's. And I will acknowledge good to do's are not exciting. 
And that's why I don't believe they're shared a lot. I really don't. I think they seem so simple. And then people are like, it can't be that simple. I'm like, at some point, we have to make it simple. Mm-hmm. And good to do's are not fun to share as a leadership coach because it doesn't get you a standing ovation. To tell people, try to get eight hours of sleep. Try not to check your cell phone 30 minutes before you go to bed. And try not to check it 30 minutes before you get up. That doesn't get you a standing ovation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, your surveys could go lower. <laughs> so so well, this is this is totally off the cuff. Yeah. But um, <laughs> having a t- having had it attended one of the one of your your trainings. Yeah. Um, I want to give, I, I think it's fitting that we give our, our listeners an example, if you don't mind to feel free to totally shut this no, down, no, I won't show you. but uh, give them an example of that mystery, that, that incentive, the laughter, the, okay. the empowerment played out. Yeah. Um, and the, the game I thought of that you and I could play during the podcast. Okay. Is first last letter, letter, first letter, last letter, first yeah, letter. Yeah. I was actually, that's what I was thinking of. That's perfect. Okay. Yeah. So, so how do we start that? Yeah, this is good. This is really fascinating. So talk about like, hey, let's put it on its feet. So listeners, uh, you know, I want you to think about um, where the M-I-L-E is in play in this exercise. So I'll, I'll share it with Devin. We haven't rehearsed this. And then maybe we can just talk a little bit about where it, where it, where it sits. Because it is a fun game. I do think it scores as a four if you play it right. So, and then I won't do the M-I-L-E, like I won't acknowledge it during it. And then maybe afterwards we can talk about it. Cool? Great. All great. right. So I'll share it with you, Devin, as if you've never played it before. But we haven't practiced this. So, Devin, this is an exercise called last letter, first letter. I will, uh, I will begin talking in a moment. And uh, after I finish what I have to say, you will begin your sentence with the last letter of my last word. Okay? You can talk for a little while. You can go more than a sentence. Don't go on a monologue. And then after you finish... I will begin my sentence with the last letter of your last word. Okay, a couple rules of engagement. We want to laugh with, not at. That's a huge rule. I want you to know I have your back. I'm not going to get a joke at your expense. Um, and we are going to celebrate small wins. So if we do achieve what we're going for, uh, we don't need to give ourselves a standing ovation, but a smile, a breath, an acknowledgement's fine. We're not trying to have an epic victory here. Cool? Great. So it's called last letter, first letter. I will begin, agree with everything I do, and I'll give you good. So if you have to agree with me, I want to give you gifts that are honorable and not have you accept something that's really inappropriate. Cool? Gotcha. All right. I will start. And here we go. Uh, Devin, thank you, sir, for allowing me uh, to, uh, to sit in on your class. Uh, I, I usually call you professor, but I know you allowed me to call you Devin. I just want to tell you what an honor it's been to, uh, to, to sit in the back and watch a teacher that is so extremely gifted darn you shouldn't have said that i just see myself as a as a continuous learner really what i pick up from is your humility i think all the people at school here uh, honor that i would love to have an opportunity to shadow you in your uh 201 class if that is something you'd be open to uh, to 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 welcome me at this university. You're always welcome in any of my classes. I would love for you to sit in, and I, it's a privilege for me to get the opportunity to teach you. Unusually amazing feedback you just gave me, and I just want to tell you, sir. I know I started with Devin, but I am actually elevating my 
authority and esteem for you with a professor. And I want to tell you that uh, if I could give you a positive review on Yelp, I would be, I'd be honored. Do people even review professors on Yelp? <laughs> Personally, I, um, I use Yelp for all positive reviews, not just restaurants, but also acknowledging my professors. But that really is a valid question, sir. And that shows why you might be a little bit more esteemed than me. Everyone has their own ways of making their mark on the world. And if you, sir, want to review me on Yelp, I would be honored. I cannot wait to see all of the exciting, the exciting things that come to the individuals who you review. Perfect. Good job. Great. That was it. That was fun. I hope it was. Well, and I, well, go ahead. You were not just jumped in. No, I mean, I, I, I've, this is, that's the second time I've played the game. And it's something that uh, if you're watching this, you like Steve, you play this game so well, and obviously you you've done it a lot, but it doesn't just come from I think practice and playing a lot because you have no idea what I'm going to say. I think what it, what really what I see is something that I, I hope our listeners take away from this is that you really listen so intently um, to the words that I'm saying, and and you really are invested in that conversation. And I think mm-hmm. those those are two kind of key takeaways. That, that apply to take, taking this game and taking a principle of this game and then applying it to, to real life. Thank you. So You know, it's, it's interesting even as we do this. Let's, let's be real with each other. Like, we're doing a podcast. Devin and I are actually in person, which is wonderful. We're a lot, we feel comfortable here, but most of these I've been doing on Zoom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important for us to, to practice what we teach. And so as we are doing these podcasts... It's, it's sometimes where, oh, maybe I'm talking too long. Okay, I got to let Devin in. Okay, I want to be. You have to be intentional. You have to be a courageous listener. But what I loved about diving in on that, and well done, my friend, yeah, thanks. is that you teed it up under the mile concept, which I actually have not been asked to do on a podcast before, where we can actually look at it and say, okay, was there mystery? You know? Yeah, that, right? I had no clue what you were going to say. Nor did I. And I, I, some of the stuff I said was, in fact, I called you Devin at the beginning, yet you were a professor. I had to figure that one out. I said Yelp was, it was, it was great. I said Yelp was going to be the review, but it didn't matter. So there's mystery. We don't know where we're going. And then the audience is like, oh, I wonder what letter they're going to finish with. Okay. The incentive was clear. We had a goal. The goal was to start your sentence with the last letter or the last word. That's it. The incentive wasn't to win the day. Mm-hmm. This is really an important run right here. The incentive wasn't to dominate the now. The incentive wasn't to be the epic best improver. See, that's not an incentive to me. That is a result of good works. Hmm. So when we make our incentive or our goal like to blow away the staff in that meeting, I don't know how to quantify that. And then people feel like they're failing because they're not reaching a goal line because that goal line they're establishing is actually something that really is almost self-serving. So our incentive was simple. You, you finish with, you start with my last letter. I start with your last letter. That's it. And then the laughter, it was there. Yeah. Laughter's not about being the funniest cat in the room either. Yeah. Like that's a lot of pressure. Laughter's just funny. I got a great laugh when you saved me on the Yelp bit because <laughs> the Yelp is not where you promote professors. It's, it makes no sense. But you took care of me and you had my back there. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And then empowerment. Well, I made you the professor, which I think puts you in a place of esteem. And we didn't shame each other. That's it. It's not as complicated as people think. Yeah, no, and I, 
I, I think I understand a little bit more clearly too the incentive because one of the other things that I thought about incentive of that game mm-hmm. is something like the intangible incentive of authentic connection, like enjoying just enjoying the mystery together. And yeah. th- and that, that was an incentive for me to to not just take our listeners through the game because I, I, I think it's fun, personally satisfying, mm-hmm. but also I, I think it accomplishes that like our goal, which is to just help help bet leaders be better. Yeah. Um, so I but but yeah, it changes my perspective that the incentive is not necessarily um, an internal incentive. It, it is an objective, you know, goal or rule. Yeah. You know, kind of the the premise of the game. Yeah. And I think with incentive, if you can have it be something you check off the box, it's quantifiable. Mm-hmm. Then you allow yourself to mm, get to the finish line. Yeah, you, we, we either know you either started your sentence with the last letter or you didn't and there's no shame in that and then those deeper incentives you mentioned are to me like results of us focusing now we are entering now we're entering the lands like empathy and compassion and respecting people's space but we're not starting there mm. we're starting with mile a game called last letter first letter you play it it's a four no one's going to be shamed if you follow the rules and then from there there's some really cool then conversations and takeaways. One of them being, we need to not just wait to talk, we need to listen. That actually is the takeaway for that exercise. Don't just wait to talk, listen. And I'm not telling the viewers and listeners that, I'm saying that for all of us. Yeah. I'm in this. I have a tendency to wait to talk instead of listen when I'm talking to my wife. That doesn't play well. You too? Yeah, you too, exactly. <laughs> But I won't post that on my Twitter. I'm not joking because it's really weird to be like, didn't didn't listen to my wife, interrupted her, and my kids won't stay in time out. Hashtag humble blessed. Like, that's not what... It's not glamorous. It's not glamorous. Yeah. So I, I want to I want to take all of this and I want to shift the conversation to mm-hmm. a more general discussion on cool. the, the state of our culture, right? Oh, yeah. And, and really, not just the state of our culture, but this maybe a general state of cultures in business. One of the things that you, you've said to me a lot is like, we we you travel around the world, yeah, and you work with a lot of different organizations. Um, what is what's the general state of culture development, team building, and leadership in the workplace from mm. your perspective right now? Oh, it's so good, and I'm not joking, Devin. This is why I love your sound. I have to. I'm going to get to that question, but I have to just. I'm just going to encourage right now. It is so cool to hear from. Obviously, uh, if you don't know, I'm I'm 51. Devin is younger than me, but to hear you ask that is so rad and to start to remind ourselves that different generations need to start working better together. So that's actually one of them. One of the trends is there's no time in history that our younger generation is is more ready and, and have tangible skills to offer to older generations. There's no time in our history that it's been better than now. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I know I said that a little wonky way, but younger people are so adept at technology, and more than just this, but technology, social media, content, video, and that's not something my generation grew up in. So your your group has so much more to offer. So generational connection needs to be focused on. That is one of uh, what I would say would be one of the industry uh, desires right now. The other two that I'm seeing in, uh, and I'm just reporting back to you from what I'm seeing yeah. is... Uh, Inclusive leadership, diversity, inclusion, belonging, that area is very, very important. And I want to get back to that on how to address that. And then the other one is emotional health and well-being. Those are the two kind of bells of the ball right now coming out of a pandemic. I think companies are starting to have an understanding 
that that is something you must invest in versus a soft skill, like we could do it as an elective. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing that it used to be communication and teamwork and public speaking presentation. Those are kind of big and those still are there. But but again, to answer your question, uh, diversity, inclusion, belonging is, is obviously a very important topic. It's coming to the surface to be addressed and emotional health and well-being are, 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 is the other category. Uh, but to go into those two categories, as mentioned, you gotta be cautious and you can't rush and surge, especially the diversity, inclusion, belonging conversation. You have to allow people who have authority to go into those spaces. You can't just rush in to like be transactional because there's some complex conversations that uh, deserve authority in there and deserve experience and deserve wisdom. In some of those spaces, I don't enter into mm. because I don't have the life experience or the authority to say that I have had a breakthrough to offer to you. Yeah, you, I want to sit there for a second. Yeah. You mentioned um, maybe the right to speak into a situation. Yeah. But for a leader who is like hungry for this, hungry for what we're talking about and working this into their own their own business or, yeah. or their own team, what what can they do to start getting some of that permission or, or what other things should they be cognizant of as they try to get that get those conversations going and yeah. make those shifts in there where they're working? Great question. So if, if you're not bringing in like a consultant, um, which is fine, I would really start with kindness, respect, love, and empathy. I know those are really like catch words, but if you start from that lane, relationship, connection, like just start there, begin that. See in your company if other people like have some authority and some experience. Um, it's just, I, here's what I'd say not to do. Don't rush in and surge that intimacy. You cannot surge that level of depth in conversation, meaning you can't rush it. And I, you know, I like, for instance, hey, we're going to do a 60 minute virtual all company diversity, inclusion, and belonging training. And once that 60 minute virtual session is done, you'll be good. That's, that's prideful. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm good for you that you're trying, but really, that's part of the problem. If you think you could fix some of these really complex heart issues in a 60-minute virtual conference, uh, then then that may be part of the problem in the first place. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if I answered the question, but I know I shared with you how I feel. No, it's yeah. good. It's good. I, I think I, I, what, I, what I hear you saying in mm. that is it's really important for us to tread lightly um, so that we don't undervalue the conversation. Yeah, or give it space yeah. or give it time or invest. I mean, just get real. If your company has the, invest in it. Here's what I'd say. And again, I'm as I'm listening to this question, I'm thinking, I, how, how do I get to the heart of this? Mm -hmm. um, don't make it an elective. I believe that when we talk about all of this, culture, Diversity, inclusion, blah, however you want to call these things, these terms, first of all, treat them well or else people are going to have an adverse reaction to all these terms, which is happening now. But let's just call it the heart and soul of your company. That should be at the center of your culture. Hmm. It shouldn't be an elective. It should be at the center of your company. So everything else comes off of the heart and soul of your company, the heart and soul of your employees and your staff. And if you make it the center of the entire company's mission, which by the way, should have revenue and profits and transact, all of those things. I'm not dismissing those, 
But if you make it the heart and soul, then you're actually telling the entire company, we're not joking around. Mm -hmm. We're focusing on your well-being. We're focusing on people feeling valued. And we're going to do it from a relationship and connection perspective. And then from there, things can grow authentically versus, hey, profit first, profit first. But we are going to have a Thursday lunch and learn where we are going to get everyone together for 40 minutes while you're eating, by the way, which because everyone loves to learn while they're eating. (laughs) And we're going to address... All of these complex issues on Thursday, uh, whatever, November 12th, like you're saying something so profound to your staff when that's how it's treated. Mm. Well, that's, (laughs) we went there. There you know, it's good. I can imagine that I, 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 you know, I not, not just imagine like there, there's some sense where as we're engaging in this conversation, even I'm like, yeah, that's, that's overwhelming to think about from a leadership perspective. Yeah, And so you know, I, I'm going to go there. Okay. You mentioned you can hire a consultant. Sure. Tell me, let's talk specifically about Game On Nation. Okay. And how you support to accomplish those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, for one thing, we'll do two. Well, we'll do two things. One is we'll always enter this space from a connection relationship perspective because that is where we have our most experience and authority. The other thing I'd say before I kind of directly answer that is companies like us need also to have the humility to say we're not accomplished to deliver this, but I would love to drive you to a company that's been doing this for years and has amazing authority. So I just want to acknowledge that. Like, But if we were to go into that space, what we're hoping to do first is learn and understand the company's culture and what's existing currently. And we do some surveys and understand, like, do they have a mission statement of pillars, but are they living that out loud? And then from there, we can walk them through how we look at ourselves as a company that can activate and bring to life those concepts. Mm. And that's what we're hoping to do, to walk alongside the company and say, okay, your, let's say your, your pillars are, you know, I'm just making this up, but it's W-I-N. Okay, that's an easy word, WIN. And it's about, I don't even know what that acronym would stand for, but WIN, we would honor WIN and we'd try to lift that off the page and create exercises that we can work with every one of the staff members with the goal being creating universal language, bringing it off its page onto like activity and to kind of amplify their mission statement and their, their value system. Mm, so good. <laughs> Last question. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap up with this. Um, what do we need to be more aware of as leaders? I mean, at the, we, we've kind of talked about that, mm. but like what are, what are, what items are on or not on the radar of leaders are mm. on the radar of leaders today that wasn't on their radar three oh, years ago. Good. I think, um, I think we as leaders are getting better. And again, this is this is all sort of general. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I have. A, this is foolproof and scientifically proven. But the trends I'm seeing, I'm encouraging leaders to continue to focus on their health and well-being. I mean, it's again. This is going to sound so good to do, so boring, but. We already went pretty deep there a little while ago. I would encourage every leader to continue to embrace resting well, fueling well, and moving well, which is an antidote to what I think we went on a run for a while, which was like rise and grind, early bird gets the worm, outwork everybody, fake it till you make it, never give up, dominate the day. And every one of those statements, I am not being snarky. I actually think they're okay if... There's wisdom underneath those statements. I think we went on a run where 
people were wearing busy as a badge. This is pre-COVID. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to wear busy as a badge after you go through a pandemic because it's like, wow, we got humbled. We got wiped out. Our health is important to us. So I think the trend moving forward, Devin, for leaders, uh, and I, you know, it'd be fascinating to hear how people respond to hearing this, is leaders, I think, need to continue to realize that their mental health, their well-being, their clarity, their sleep is imperative to lead well. I don't want my pilot metaphor or literally Mm -hmm. to get on the mic and be like, wow, pretty sleep deprived, been dominating the day, hope we get there. Right. (laughs) That's not, but that's, but everyone laughs when I say that because it's irrational. But yet we do that, I think, in work sometimes where we, I've heard leaders say like, to someone else, I've heard it in the lobby, you know, wherever at companies that say like, hey, how you doing? Good, pretty busy. The other person's like, yeah, I'm underwater. Yeah, I'm drowning. Yeah, and they're like, they're def- they're competing to die. Hmm. So long-winded way of saying, I think we're on a trend where um, mental health, well-being, rest, um, honoring your PTOs, using them, not looking at that as lazy, but looking at that as efficient. I'd say to wrap that up, I'd say we're moving away from being productive and moving towards being efficient, healthy, and wise, which actually, to me, is more valuable than being productive. Thank you, Steve. You're such an encourager. Uh, and I I'm, I imagine there's a lot of listeners who are encouraged and they're, they're hungry for, for their thirst. I'm going to use your language. They're thirsty. <laughs> yeah. And what you're saying is, is, is giving them a taste of that cool drink of water. Yeah. So if, if they're interested in learning more, where do they go to, to learn more about what Game On Nation can, can help them with? You're awesome. Because I'm not great at, I may be a good encourager, but I'm not a good marketer. So <laughs> thanks, Devin. And I really do appreciate the platform and the conversation and where we went authentically. It's uh, GameOnNation.com. Am I supposed to still say www? <laughs> I, I think it's well assumed. <laughs> Just give away my age. Uh, yeah, GameOnNation.com. And we have virtual trainings uh, that we will continue to do uh, even as the companies come back because we find there is value to uh, reaching people, you know, without having to fly across the country. And we have live trainings. And our areas are in the corporate and military spaces, one bucket, our pro and college sports space. And, of course, the group that we talked about a lot, our corporate space. Those are our three buckets. And um, yeah, if you go to our website, uh, you can see all of our, our trainings and our content and, and our four core areas where we teach. So, And I'll just give a final plug to mm. your, your wonderful team. Um, it, it's not always just Steve. He's got a wonderful team around him, um, mm. some of whom I don't know, but yeah. I know Chris, Aaron, Blair, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jason. Yes. Uh, so, so just so thankful for what you guys are doing in the community and what you're doing nationally. Uh, and, and internationally, is it? We did a little international right before pandemic, and hopefully it'll start again. But yeah, Great. We, we have done some works internationally as well. So thanks, thanks for joining us today, and, and hope you have a great weekend. Thanks, Devin. You're rad. This was awesome. Appreciate you. <laughs>